What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And this week we're talking about my pick of Lights Out from 2016. Yeah. Um, technically, this episode's going to drop mm. in October, October 2nd. Uh, so that'll be, I guess, our first episode of October. Um, yep. but the way that the weeks work in October is we'll be dropping three episodes for this podcast in the month of October, which is perfect mm-hmm. because it's October and we're a horror podcast. So <laughs> we need more episodes out for it. Yep. So kind of worked out nicely. Um, so you and I watched this movie in theaters back when it first came out with our friend Casey. Mm -hmm. Um, and if anybody listened to our last episode, we kind of talked about how it was ironic because whenever we went, the power went out in the theater during this movie. Yeah. Um, super ironic. So seven years ago, like what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago. Um, so I think, yeah, we got free tickets and I think we went again Mm -hmm. because I do remember seeing it in theaters, but I don't. Yeah, me too. I don't remember us like reconvening to to go back yeah. and see it, but uh, yeah, it's th- that was my only watch of it. So yeah, like seven years ago. Yeah. Um, little cool thing about this one, it was it's based off of a short by the same mm-hmm. director. Um, it was a, an award winning short called Lights Out, mm-hmm. and I remember when that was circling around on YouTube and shit for a little while. Mm. and it was super fucking creepy man so i think uh, i've seen it uh you should watch it whenever we're done um but yeah happy they made a full-length movie out of it because yeah it was decent but before we talk about it too much hop into our news and news drinking tonight i am just drinking a plain old budweiser very nice nothing too crazy you know yeah yeah i'm uh i'm trying out this new thing called water tonight oh wow yeah it's a nice pink cup yeah you like that starbucks cup got a straw got some lemon in there Ooh. yeah fancy this water stuff it's a little bland But I mean, the good thing about it is it takes on whatever flavor you put into it. It's true. So it's nice yeah. that way. It's very versatile. <laughs> it's um, good on the rocks. It's good. That's yeah. Neat. Yeah. 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 Very true. Um, but yeah, I've I've started a little bit of a health kick just started this week. So I don't want to nice. fall off the tracks right away. Um, but I think I'll probably start drinking vodka sodas and stuff for the podcast and whatnot okay keep it as healthy as i can i like it yeah a little late for a summer bod but maybe i'll get a nice winter one going <laughs> <laughs> all right what have you been watching um uh, not too much uh, i think i watched like three movies <clears throat> uh so i finally watched um our guy there. Uh, I don't fuck. know. 
I'm blanking. Denis Villeneuve. Oh, right. Our guy. Um, <laughs> uh, in 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 Sandy in Sandy. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Good time. But uh, I saw it on Crave, and I was like, oh, I wanted to watch that. Then I was like, eh, I don't know. And then I noticed it was actually on the IMDb top 250. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I gotta watch it then. Nice. And um, really fucking good, man. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Like it's based on a true story, sort of. Um, very different than his other movies. Mm. Uh, I would recommend it. Who's in I, it? Anybody famous? No one you'd know. No. Okay. No one I'd know. Sorry. No one I'd know either. <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, and then I watched uh, like everybody else the day it fucking dropped. Um, mm-hmm. No one will save you uh on disney plus yeah um great fucking movie yes uh like everyone's review it's basically mine's the same like where the fuck this movie come from the first hour and 10 minutes i was going to give it like a perfect score Mm -hmm. it was fucking terrifying i literally like jumped like three times nice and like i said in my review like the movie signs gave me nightmares for like years <laughs> and this just kind of reawoken that um yeah man i the ending i don't know what they were going for it kind of lost me but everything leading up to that i thought was fantastic so i read up on the ending if you would like me to explain what i read i mean spoilers for i'm gonna yeah. Seen this yet. yeah yeah so if you haven't watched no one will save you Skip ahead a minute or so, um, starting now. Spoiler alert, it's extra spicy. So, But uh, the ending, what I read was a theory that the aliens looked into her mind and saw that she had been tortured enough throughout her life because their plan yeah. was to kill her or to harvest yeah. her or something. But they looked into her mind and saw that she... Uh, had been tortured enough in her life. So they wanted to give her basically like a second chance. Mm -hmm. So that little dance scene and party scene at the end was uh, like a simulation. So the aliens had created like a simulation life and they put anybody that they didn't kill into that. Mm. That's what I got Mm -hmm. a bit. But I think the one guy, like they had those aliens in their throat, didn't they? In the, the one guy she was in the show she was dancing with, wasn't that the, the neighbor that she wove to at the beginning? Uh maybe. I'm not sure. But anyway. Yeah. Um but, yeah, yeah, really fucking good movie. Like the alien design, mm-hmm. super fucking basic, but that's what <laughs> it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway, yeah. And then I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I see you loved it. Uh, it's my second favorite movie of the year. Yes. Um, I just picked up uh, Across the Spider-Verse on uh, 4K. Um, mm. It was at Walmart. So I'll give that a second watch. Um, but man, I was literally like, after I watched it, I know that like people will absolutely hate this take, but... When Seth Rogen is done with his career, could he go down as like 
one of the best producers slash writers. Because uh, like it might be a hot take. <laughs> because okay, maybe maybe for like people like us, because yeah, he also okay. has a Darkwing Duck TV show coming out that he's mm-hmm. working on. And we saw, I think IGN said he's doing was it biker um the the biker Mars mice, whatever the fuck that show was. Biker mice from Mars. Is he actually? Yeah. I thought I saw IGN did like a, a thing. Saying I that. I said it in my review oh, on maybe. Letterboxd that he needs um, to. But like he's done so many good things, like mm-hmm. just in the behind the scenes. Like Preacher was a fucking great show. Um, I forgot he did Preacher. Uh, Invincible, which season two mm-hmm. starts soon. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I hidden spinoffs which I haven't seen yet. Uh, the boys, he was a producer, mm-hmm. and then the new show Gen V, which actually um came out yesterday, was the premiere, which I didn't realize. Yeah, but and they did this movie, which this movie is amazing. Like, I think if he keeps tuning into his like inner child and doing stuff like this, then yeah, yeah I think for our generation of like nerds. And shit. Hmm. Yeah, maybe he could be put on that pedestal, but I don't I don't think as like a whole he would be. But yeah, this movie was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, uh sorry, it wasn't Seth Rogen that's rebooting it. It's Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, I did see that. You're right. Yeah. 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 Um, but man, this movie so good. Uh yeah. the animation style, like you know, across the spider-verse, amazing mm-hmm. animation style. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. I did not expect this movie to be different, so different than that movie. Mm-hmm. The voice acting, like some of the best voice acting I've heard. Like, and a lot of everyone... the people were nobodies. Huh? A lot of the people were nobodies too. Well, for the main turtles, yeah. Yeah. But everyone else, like all the mutants were like celebrities or well, yeah. Seth's friends. Uh, Fucking Mondo the Gecko, like Paul Rudd, <laughs> is perfect. Uh, Rose Byrne as the alligator, like yeah, amazing. Jackie um, Chan is fucking Splinter. Oh, so good. Yeah. And like this movie had some pretty adultery jokes in oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and like Splinter fucking stabbing people in the in the eyes, <laughs> like you know, not hold back. Um, yeah. Anyway, great movie. I agree. Uh, that's it. What about you? I watched two movies. Um, I finally watched Jojo Rabbit. Nice. This is the first time watch. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. It uh, my my buddy at work kept bugging me to watch it, and I finally listened. <laughs> nice. Um, and I also watched No One Will Save You. I gave it four stars, just like you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mirroring everything that you've said. I just I think it was really well done. Uh mm-hmm. the aliens worked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh I did an episode of In the News with Josh last night and we had a discussion on this. Did he finally watch it? He's not done it. He said he still has a half an hour left, but he doesn't know if he wants to finish it. That's so, Josh. Yeah, but I mean he's not a sci-fi guy. He doesn't like aliens. So That's I mean, true. yeah. Somewhat justifiable, but yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy it. It's it's getting a lot of recognition, so I'm happy for that. And there's like no dialogue in it. 
No, there's not. Uh, the first bit of dialogue is at like an hour and 14 minutes or something like that. Yeah. I think there's I only. I will say I was pretty annoyed by all the. <sighs> yeah. That the main character did like everything, <laughs> just like sigh, sigh, yeah. sigh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there's eight words of spoken dialogue in the whole movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anywho. For the news, uh, Saw X is getting pretty good reviews in the early stages. Very good reviews. Currently the highest rated Saw movie uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. So that makes me excited. I do want to watch it. Um, I won't be getting to see it this weekend, but hopefully while it's still in theaters. Um, and secondly, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like a lot of Halloween buzz going on right now with the franchise. Uh, They're fucking rebooting it again, like because <laughs> the rights are up in the air again. Oh so, my god! A twenty four. How about Max. someone buys the fucking Friday the Thirteenth rights already? <laughs> it's been how many years since the remake came out? Like, mm-hmm. but they, there's a TV show. That's true. That's coming out. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, so A24 and Miramax are in like a bidding war over it or something like that. There's a lot of different names that are being tossed around. Uh, This is another thing that Josh and I talked about last night. Uh, So it's either going to be another movie franchise kind of thing or they're going to do a TV show. And I think they've settled on a TV show, but I don't know if it's 100% confirmed or not. I was going to ask you your thoughts, but you kind of just expressed them. I'm done. I'm done with that, man. Like, (laughs) how about we wait like 25 years or something until you do? I got, I don't know. You know? Yeah. But yeah, that's all I have for news. Sorry. I was just, Sarah texted me. Switch the laundry whenever you're done. (laughs) All right. You can do 4Ks or. No, because I realized that I fucked it up. So okay, lots of good movies coming out this week. Check them out. That's all you need to know. Yeah, Amazon's got a decent sale on right now too. Yeah. And another Prime Day sale coming up too. Really? Yeah, the eleventh hmm. and twelfth, I think it is, or the tenth and eleventh. Hmm. So I will be checking out what they have for that. Okay. Well, if you're not doing four Ks, we might as well just jump. Right into this. Mm-hmm. Cue the theme music. we said in the intro this week we're talking about lights out from 2016 starting off the synopsis rebecca must unlock the terror behind her little brother's experiences that once tested her sanity bringing her face to face with a supernatural spirit attached to their mother lengthy lengthy synopsis that gives away a lot of the movie but 
a long synopsis for a movie that's less than an hour and 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This movie is directed by David F. Sandberg, who did Shazam and Shazam Fury of the Gods. Uh, And he did Annabelle Creation. And he's done a bunch of short films, including the one that this movie is based off of, as I previously mentioned. Uh, for the cast list, we have Teresa Palmer, who plays Rebecca. Did you recognize her after you watched the movie? A little bit, yeah. Because I texted you and I said she was gorgeous, and you said you didn't know who she was. Well, based off the name, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she plays Rebecca. She's in Warm Bodies, I'm Number 4, A Discovery of Witches, Hacksaw Ridge, and the Point Break remake. Hmm. Uh, Gabriel Bateman plays Martin. Uh, he played Andy in the Child's Play remake. Uh, he's he's also in the Fablemans, which you just watched recently. Um, nice. Unhinged, nice. and think right, and think like a dog. Hmm. He's obviously a little if, bit older in the Fablemans. I wonder if but... Roger is the main guy. I think so. Yeah, that's hmm. cool. There you go. Um, Alexander de Persia played Brett and I didn't bother writing any of his stuff down because I didn't recognize any of it. Mm-hmm. And Maria Bello plays Sophie. Yep. She's in a history of violence, coyote, ugly beef, NCIS and grownups one and two. Yeah. I have two honorable mentions. Oh, wow. Uh, the yeah, first one, is... I know which I think I know which one the first one is Billy Burke. Nope. Okay. Who's who else would it be? Uh, the girl that played Diana. Uh, okay. You saw all that too, then. Well, I knew that it was like a girl. Like they didn't want to use CGI really at all in the movie. Yeah. So her name is Alicia Vela Bailey. Um, she's normally a stunt woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she was Zoe Saldana's stunt double in Guardians of the Galaxy and Way of the Water. Um, she was the uh, stunt double for what, how do you pronounce her name? Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman. I mean, sure, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I know, so she, I know. There's a real way. Just I don't know how to. Yeah. Uh, so she was her stunt double, and she was Teresa Palmer's stunt double in I Am Number Four. Yeah. So they kept her identity hidden um, prior to filming this movie. And uh, Teresa Palmer did not see the character of Diana until that scene that they shot uh, because they wanted her reaction to be as genuine as possible. And if she knew that it was this woman, then she, I don't know, probably would have uh, Mm -hmm. fucked up the reaction, I guess. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Did you have any others? Um, I was just, looking actually and uh one of the writers for this movie is uh I don't, i'm gonna butcher this name but eric heiserer and he actually wrote the screenplay for arrival oh cool yeah i thought that was hmm. pretty cool yeah was, i mean his other movies screenplays not so great but i mean arrival is great movie a great movie mm-hmm. yes Okay. Anything else before we... No, I don't think so. Dive into the discussion. Yeah. 
All right, lead the charge. Uh, right off of my first note is that people need to make more good 80-minute movies. Yeah, I can like agree this. with that. I can agree um, with that. Because, you know, it's a short movie. You can just enjoy it, and mm-hmm. then you're done with it, you know? Yeah. Um, And uh, this movie, it, like you texted me, is actually fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Just the way that they use the lighting and editing, um, especially in like this opening scene with Paul at the, uh, I guess it was like a movie studio kind of thing. Ooh, sorry. Yeah. I don't know what he does, but like there's mannequins in his office. Like I wasn't sure if he was like a fashion designer or what he yeah, was. But... It looked like kind of like a big warehouse kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and... all like these like high bay lights that obviously have like a shade on them so they only spread like a certain far uh, a certain distance mm-hmm. and uh yeah he like gets a kid a call from um martin and he's like asking like oh when are you gonna be home and kind of asking about like when is is mom getting better blah 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 so you're kind of getting like some backstory see like pictures of martin with sophie and paul um so you think it's only them them three yeah uh but yeah, this opening scene, like, fuck those mannequins. Um, <laughs> so creepy. Like, his, like, little helper girl was, like, leaving. And she, the first scene, like, it just sets the bar for this movie. Mm-hmm. She, the lights are on, like, a lunchroom. She turns them off. And then you see the shadow of Diana. Mm-hmm. And then she's, like, turn the lights on. She's gone. Turn it off. She's there and does yeah. this like back and forth and it's like not annoying. It's just creepy. Yeah. And then she gets turns it off again. And she's like closer, like right there. And then mm-hmm. girls like freak the fuck out, goes into Paul's office and is like, he's on the phone and she's like, Paul, I need you. Like, I think I saw someone in the mm-hmm. office. And he's like, not really paying attention. He's like, oh, it's like, it's an important phone call. Like, I'll see you later or whatever. And She's like kind of wary, like mm-hmm. runs the fuck out of there, you know. <laughs> but yeah. what did you think of this opening scene? I think it's fucking perfect, man. Like, like you said, it really set the bar for the rest of the movie. And it's not very mm-hmm. often that we get a super scary scene like this right in the first five minutes. Yeah. Um, and considering that this is such a short movie, they I feel like maybe they had to set the bar high mm-hmm. right at the very beginning yeah. and really set the the pace of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in no way does this movie feel rushed. Uh, no. It feels like a complete movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, like that's, that was whenever I texted you, it was like in this opening scene, I was like, dude, this movie mm-hmm. is fucking creepy. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, just the way that they did it, it was perfect. Like, mm-hmm the editing in this was great yeah like whenever paul is like looking down the like a hallway but all the lights are like in a row and then he sees like diana like look at him like and you see your eyes and she like stands up and mm-hmm. then like the lights kind of like flicker and she gets closer and then he like books it and uh gets in his office grabs a bat and i was like the fuck's the bat gonna do like come on man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I like too in this because like you mentioned, these lights have shades on them. So it's just mm-hmm. circles of light on the floor. 
And there's one part when when he's running and she manages to snag his leg whenever yeah. he's running through one of the shadows and mm-hmm. she slices his leg open. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you really get that sense of dread because you learn very early on that she has to stick to the shadows. Yeah. Um so and you know that like this hallway is filled with shadows. So it's like mm-hmm. oh shit like Yeah. The one thing that kind of bugged me with this movie is I don't quite understand what Diana is. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like we know that she died, obviously. Yeah. But she can still cause physical harm to people. So like, I don't, is she like. Oh, we've seen ghost movies where they do. I guess. Yeah. Like, look at the conjuring. The girls wake up with bruises on their arms and shit. I guess so. Yeah. It's those are considered demons, though. So maybe maybe it's different. Yeah. Um anyway, so Paul's dead. <laughs> Put it lightly. Yeah. And then we cut to Rebecca in her apartment and we kind of meet her. And you see another picture of her with uh Martin and Sophie. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get the feeling that like oh paul is probably like a step bat or something like that yeah and uh i love this introduction with rebecca and uh brett like mm-hmm. i i just like the way their like relationship is like brett is like a rock star like and a band and you think he would be like this kind of guy who just sleeps around but like mm-hmm. he likes her a lot and you know she's kind of not using him but like she doesn't want a relationship but he does and he's like oh can i sleep over and she's like no and he calls her like uh girlfriend and he's like oh it's been eight months or something like that Mm -hmm. she's like oh it's been that long (laughs) (laughs) she like you can tell that she likes him and like she's kind of like teasing him a little bit but i think um I think she's got like severe daddy issues because we do find out that her dad left, left them, left the family. Yeah. Um, so maybe she's afraid of commitment because she's afraid Brett's going to do what her dad did and leave. Yeah. I don't know if they looked that far into the mental health aspect of it, but yeah, but I do really enjoy their relationship because he's like fucking head over heels in love with her. He's like a little puppy mm-hmm. dog. But like yeah. you said, like he's a good looking guy. He's a rock star. He could mm. probably be sleeping around. Yeah. Did you I notice love... the posters in her room too? Yeah, there's like Avenged Sevenfold. Uh she had a ghost poster. Ghost poster, yeah. Yeah. I'll always like, can I just leave like my, my sweater or pants here? He's like, <laughs> no. He's like, oh, like underwear. He's like, no. He's like, how about one sock? <laughs> <laughs> Like, why would you be walking with one sock and then like he puts a sock in her in her drawer when she's not looking and like leaves? Yeah. And then she yells down at him like, hey, Rockstar, or something like that, and throws a sock at him and he's like, Not even one second, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so in the next scene we meet Sophie and we kind of learn that uh She's not all there in her head. She's she's a bit wacko. She's got some issues. Yeah. Um, and I think uh was her name Mario? 
Maria. Maria Bello, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought she played this character perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we meet um, Martin in person. He is in class, and he's not really sleeping properly, so he goes to the nurse's office because he's fallen asleep um, three times this week. Yeah. And Child Services shows up, uh, a girl named Emma, mm-hmm. and they end up calling Rebecca to come get him. And uh, Emma obviously is concerned and, you know, is about his um, his health. So, yeah, you kind of learn that Paul is the stepfather um, and doesn't really have a good relationship with Rebecca, who is uh, a bit older now, probably early 20s, I would say, maybe. Yeah, I would put her around there. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, uh, Martin wants to stay over at her place. Uh but she doesn't really want to let him yet. Um, you know, she's trying to figure stuff out of her own. That, but then she takes him home and she sees how bad Sophie is. Yeah. And uh, like, because this has been like a repetitive history with Sophie. Like yeah. she has medication that she takes and then she's fine for a little while, but then she stops taking the medication. And then that's when Diana comes back. Um and I think Martin mentions Diana, and then mm-hmm. that's when Rebecca like kind of clicks, like, "Oh fuck, it's happening again." Yeah. So that's when she kind of agrees to take him to her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they take Martin, and obviously Sophie is, you know, she doesn't want him to leave, but she doesn't understand like, like when he comes, when she brings him home from school, Rebecca, mm-hmm. Sophie like answers the door and. She's like, oh, Martin, what are you doing here? And like, she has like zero clue about what's happening with her son, like yeah. and how he's like feeling like, I don't know, is it this scene or another scene later with Martin when he meets Diana? Uh... When he's like home alone <clears throat> or home alone with Sophie. Because he hears uh, Sophie talking to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it, it was it was this. It was the scene. Yeah. So well, he's like in. I- we see um i'm just looking at the notes nervous office blah 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 blah. yeah maybe it's after then oh i think it's whenever martin runs away i think later maybe yeah yeah um yeah so they bring martin back to her apartment and brett immediately asks her like why are you why did you bring him here and like question and then he's like are you doing this to help martin or to uh hurt your mom hurt your mom and then like rebecca basically tells him get the fuck out mm-hmm. and it's like well that's kind of a valid question you know yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah because sophie's like crying and she doesn't want her to take martin away and you can understand yeah. that because mm-hmm. Sophie and Rebecca have a very tarnished relationship. Mm-hmm. So in Sophie's eyes, like Martin's the only thing that she has left mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So, and like, like you said, she doesn't understand like the effect that Diana has on her kids. Cause mm-hmm. she sees Diana as a friend. Yeah. Until later on, but like she, mm-hmm. she doesn't see her as being, evil or someone that's going to hurt them or anything like that yeah yeah uh 
So the next scene with uh, Diana um, is a very creepy and well shot scene. Mm-hmm. Um, very reminiscent of uh, Dead Silence for me yes. with the uh, the red uh, glow from the tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Diana or uh, Rebecca is sleeping and she hears this scratching noise, and she like looks up and you just see like in the hallway just fucking Diana hunched over scratching like. Rebecca's like kind of like the fuck is that and she's slowly getting up and she gets on the ground and then like Diana like peeks over her shoulder looks at her and mm-hmm. fucking comes at her and you know she eventually gets the light on but man the scene's so creepy it's scary dude like yeah. the way that she's hunched over like this actress that plays her did a really good job with her body movements and like the way like she doesn't contort in any way but just I don't know the way that she like holds her body. Yeah. Even when she stands up, like she's kind of standing up, like with her Mm. arms like that sort of thing. And I don't know. Yeah. One question I have. So what, why is Diana going after the family? Because like she's connected to Sophie and all she cares about is Sophie. So why, if, well, I get why she killed Paul, but like, if Rebecca has taken Martin away from her, then like Diana and Sophie can be like alone together. So why is she going after Rebecca? I think she wants Sophie to herself, like totally. Yeah, but she has Sophie to herself if Rebecca takes Martin away from her, right? Or maybe because she sees how much pain that whole thing kind of caused. Because when it's just Sophie and Martin in the house alone, like Diana doesn't do anything. Mm, no. Because like yeah. she doesn't do anything to Martin mm-hmm. whenever Sophie's got her. Because we see Sophie talking to her at one point. Yeah. And that's when Martin sees her for the first time. Yeah. And like she doesn't attack him. Like she doesn't go into his room that night or anything like that. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it's like if. Because Rebecca is causing Sophie pain and turmoil. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. But uh, she gets the light back on and you're like, you know, where the hell is Martin? And uh, she sees that Diana carved into the floor Diana's name and then like a little girl beside her. Yeah. Um, so she ends up uh, finding Martin in the bathtub. Um and then you get a little flashback of Rebecca as a little girl. She's like drawing a picture at her desk of like her dad, her mom, and herself. And then she hears like scratching in the closet. She goes in, throws the light on, opens the door, and you see like this thing drop. And she picks it up, and like her dad is like scratched out in black. And then she drew like herself in between um, Sophie and Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get a little backstory. Um, we find out that, well, I guess there's a bit more that happens here. So uh, Rebecca and Brett go back to Sophie's house when she's not there and they break in and it's like pitch black in there. Like there's no lights. The curtains are all like drawn and stuff like that. And they break into um Paul's office or someone's office and mm-hmm. 
she finds all of this old paperwork and photos of uh what was the place called something hill uh i don't have anything here yeah i forget what it was called but it was based she found it that sophie was admitted at a kind of psych ward Mm -hmm. um, when she was a little girl and there's a picture of her standing beside this girl with an umbrella over her head and and the sunlight and that was diana and you learned that diana had a skin disorder Hmm. um with some other kids in this kind of like group that were super sensitive to light and this hospital did light therapy on the kids to try and cure them of this disorder i guess Hmm. and uh the doctors went too far and they basically (laughs) blew her up (laughs) (laughs) that was one scene that was a little over the top yeah Yeah. (laughs) well they turned her to ash yeah Um, yeah but it's like you know you like see diana in the chair and they're putting the thing up and you hear like some nurses like yellow like stop stop you're going too far and then it's like (laughs) yeah uh okay so this is the scene whenever martin is in his room by himself and uh he hears sophie talking to someone Mm -hmm. so he like sneaks up to her bedroom and looks in and sophie is like by herself but talking to someone and then sophie says like oh did we wake you and burns like kind of like you know like we like what are you mm-hmm. talking about and like he looks at the side and there's like a darkness you can kind of hear like some like groans and like stuff so there's like clearly someone in the in the closet yeah um and then he goes back into his room and then closes the door and you hear like the scratching like on the door so diana is like making herself present around him mm-hmm and, I like uh, I like this scene too because Sophie's talking to Martin and like trying to comfort him in a sense, mm-hmm. and we see uh, Diana like pull her in, like as if to like yeah don't pay attention to him like your mind sort of thing, and then she shuts yeah. the door. Yeah, yeah. So it really shows the control and manipulation that she has over her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, after this, uh, Mart ends up running away and going back to Rebecca's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get a bit more backstory. Um, she finds out that uh, Diana was locked away and she could, you know, Diana is like an X Man, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She could get into people's heads. Mm-hmm. so she i don't know how they proved this like the the research and stuff but they basically said that diana got into the dad's head and basically told him and convinced him to kill himself mm-hmm. so it was pretty much diana that killed rebecca's dad yeah and whenever they were kids too, we found out that she was getting into Sophie's head to make her mm-hmm. think, to make Sophie think that she was a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they, the three of them end up 
uh, they decide to go to Sophie's house mm-hmm. to have a uh, intervention. Yeah. Slash, try and figure some shit out. Yeah. Uh, so they're having dinner, and then you know she starts asking questions about Diana, and uh, you're at a at this place. I forget what it's called. Uh, when mm-hmm. you're young, and um, yeah, and then Diana shows up, and kind of shit goes crazy in this last kind of uh, act. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they lit the candles. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. How Martin was like running away with the candle, and like would like shine it. And the dino gets scared. Um, yeah. Sophie and Brett end up getting. No, only Sophie gets trapped. Not Sophie. Uh, Rebecca gets trapped Rebecca, in the yeah. basement. And this part I kind of didn't understand. So like. She finds like a glow stick. And there's all this writing on the walls. Mm. So like. Who was writing that? Was it Diana? That's like kind or of what I was did, thinking. Like, Diana trapped Sophie down there and she was writing those things. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Cause yeah, I was kind of wondering that too. I don't remember exactly what was written on the walls, but like, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff. Yeah. But like there was full sentences and shit like that, Mm -hmm. but it was stuff that was written that could have went either way. Like it could have been her, but it could have been somebody else. And then, but, like, the two bodies down there, like, I don't think they were actual bodies, were they? No, they're mannequins. Yeah, yeah, okay. But uh, maybe maybe Diana lives down there or lived down there because it's a basement, maybe. it's dark. So maybe yeah. it was her that was writing on the walls. Because, like, I've seen in movies, too, where, like, they use the black lights and you can see mm-hmm. where, like, the ghost presence have been. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's that. Yeah. yeah. But this scene scared them. Fuck it, me, dude. <laughs> Whenever like Rebecca's like up against like the shelf, and then like you see like the hands coming behind her, and she like shines a glow stick trying to like the light, but she doesn't have the right setting set on the light, mm-hmm. so it doesn't hurt Diana. And then she like turns the setting to brightness. You see like her arms start burning and stuff yeah. like that. So like that's what kind of confused me. Like, like is she a fucking ghost? Like is she real? Because she you know. Like feels pain and you can see the skin, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because every time we've seen her before, she's just been a shadow. Yeah. But in yeah. this scene, she looked like mm. like a fucking zombie ghost demon thing. Yeah. Yeah. And her face pops out from the shelf. Oh. Yeah. Uh so Brett. Um no Martin. Martin finds her. Well, because Brett tries to get the door unlocked, and then Dana comes and he's like shining his like uh, cell phone, mm-hmm. and then like she like hits him, and then uh, she like steps on his phone, is like super creepy, and then like Brett gets gets the fuck out of there. Yeah, and yeah, Martin ends up getting downstairs with Rebecca, right? Yeah, because they're like, oh, Brett wouldn't leave us, and then like Brett fucking leaves. <laughs> yeah. Well, because when Rebecca's down in the basement, the, the basement door is still open. And then mm-hmm. Martin finds her and comes down with her. Oh, right. And then Diana shuts the door and locks yeah. it. And then that's when Brett hears them screaming and banging on the door. Mm-hmm. And then all that shit happens that you said. I love <laughs> I love this scene with Brett. Like, Brett is so smart, man. Like, yeah. 
that scene whenever he's like running outside and like the moon is like on the driveway and they have like a little uh like a carport carport yeah yeah and he's you see him running and you're just like don't fucking run in there you idiot <laughs> he runs in and obviously diana gets him and he like almost makes it up to the moon where the moon is and then she pulls him back in and like has him up and she's about to kill him and then he like pulls his keys out and like flashes his car like i thought mm-hmm. that was so smart it was it was an awesome scene because yeah. i i didn't remember very much about this movie so i was thinking she was going to kill him in this scene that's what i thought too yeah and then i was like oh shit like he does get away and then i had in my mind i was like this guy's a fucking coward because he mm-hmm. just takes off running but yeah he comes back uh yeah, so now the cops show up, um, and uh, you know, typical cops, they just try and use guns first and mm-hmm. don't ask questions. Uh, <laughs> one of the cops goes running off and gets hit by Diana, and uh, how does he die? He gets hit in the back of the head with something, doesn't he, or something like that? I think so. Yeah. Uh, so then he dies, and then the girl cop is, you know, like, oh, what the fuck? Like she sees the body getting dragged and calls her back up and then runs to the kitchen and Rebecca's like shun the light on her like and the cops just like get out of here it's like <laughs> you, know, you want some advice on what the fuck this thing is yeah uh and then the cop turns the corner and she's just fucking missing her eyeballs <laughs> so Diana just ripped her eyes out of her head mm-hmm. <laughs> while all Rebecca, this is ha- oh, go ahead. I was gonna say while all this is happening it cuts to Sophie and she decides that she's going to try and take her pills because she's starting to realize that Diana is like evil. She's not a friend, blah, blah, blah. And then Diana attacks her and like smacks the bottles out of her hand or the pills out of her hand. And then like shoves her back and she hits her head and she goes out unconscious. Uh, And then Rebecca is upstairs fighting with Diana a bit, and I love the scene where she just gets hucked over the fucking balcony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um. So we find out that she did kill her dad, and the last scene, Diana is about to kill Rebecca, and then Sophie comes out from the corner and has a gun, and she basically says... I realized that you're nothing without me or something like that. Mm-hmm. Puts the gun to her head. And obviously Rebecca is like, don't do it. Like, no, like it's her fucking mom still. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sophie ends up shooting herself in the head. Mm-hmm. And then you see Diana just kind of like disappear. Yeah. I really like the way that they ended this too. Like mm-hmm. with that, um, yeah. it was a different way of ending I'm going to consider this a ghost movie. It was a different way of ending a ghost movie. Uh, Cause normally it's like an exorcism or they figure out what the, what the person's or the ghost is attached to and they destroy it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's kind of always the same sort of thing. This one was a lot different. Yeah. And, and uh, Rebecca says to Sophie, like, why are you doing this? And then Sophie says, I'm saving your life. And then she blows her brains out. Um, and then, so the last shot is the three of them are kind of in the ambulance. Um, and Rebecca is kind of worried that, you know, Diana is probably not gone. 
and then Brett kind of like reassures her, like, yeah, she's gone. And then you see like the the light flicker in the ambulance. So mm-hmm. the, the street lights come back on and all that shit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if they ever plan to do a second one, but uh I hope they don't. Yeah, me too. But yeah. yeah. Uh, short but sweet yep <laughs> um anything else you want to mention or i don't think so already well that's the way the blood splatters yeah i think this was i don't know this is like a movie that you can watch a few times and not get bored with it yeah yeah it's kind of like dead silence how you mentioned before mm-hmm. has good rewatchability yeah. All right. Well, how did you rate the movie? Um, I will give the quality an eight out of ten. Uh, like we mentioned in the episode, just like the cinematography, the editing, the lighting, um, just all the practical stuff are fucking amazing mm-hmm. uh the acting was good um it's only an hour and 20 minutes uh i feel like people don't really talk about this movie that much it's kind of forgotten yeah um so yeah cool. uh the score is really good too i liked um yeah. and the story i'll give a five out of ten okay. just kind of foggy and just thrown together i didn't quite understand too much of it um and uh i did like the characters a lot Uh, i thought diana was scary um and i like the main characters are kind of that family family vibe uh you know there's only really three deaths in this movie so it's not too many but yeah um yeah so i'll go eight out of ten and five out of ten okay uh, for me, the quality, I'm also giving an eight. Uh, just reiterating everything that you've said. Um, I think they did a really good job taking because like the short film is only like two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think they did an excellent job of turning a two, two and a half minute video into an hour and 20 minute long movie. Yeah. Uh and like I said before, like it's a short movie, but it doesn't feel rushed. Everything is packed in nicely uh you don't want it to be any longer i don't think i feel Mm -hmm. like there's not a lot of dead time in this movie which is good like no you don't have a chance to be bored with Mm it um so i think they did a great job with that and like how you mentioned the the lighting the cinematography the long hallway shots with the lights uh i feel like i feel like all the lighting in this movie was the the lighting that was there like there was probably mm-hmm. nothing done in editing or anything like that yeah so i think they did a good job for the story i'm gonna give it a six out of ten okay um it's not perfect in any way but i did really enjoy the characters i cared about the characters in this movie even like brett who like mm-hmm. i he was great i really enjoyed yeah. his character uh and i like that they kind of painted him as being like a pussy whenever he runs away, but then he comes back and it's like, Oh shit. Like he really does like this girl. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, I mean, we, we have the whole mental health aspect that's woven into a horror movie, which is something that's common these days, but mm-hmm. wasn't so common in 2016. Yeah. Um, so I like how they had that into it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's there's some plot holes and stuff, but it's still an enjoyable movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You guys head you guys head over to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> you guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they scored it. The critics consensus. Lights Out makes skillful use of sturdy genre tropes and some terrific performances for an unsettling, fright-filled experience that delivers superior chills without skimping on story. So what do you think the critics reviewed it? Rated it? Um, I'll say 67. 75? Wow, okay. This movie's certified fresh. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So 75% on 183 reviews and an average score of 6.3 out of 10. The audience gave it a 61% on 25,000 ratings and an average score of 3.5 out of 5 or a 7 out of 10. Very nice. I know Letterboxd is significantly lower. It is, yeah. So Letterboxd has a 2.7 out of 5. Uh, I gave it a three out of five. Um, what did you give it? A uh, three and a half. Three and a half. Uh, Erica from Horror Cafe gave it a three and a half as well. Um, Jensen gave it a three out of five. Anthony uh, gave it a two and a half. Um, let's see if there's anyone else here. Slashing Captain, three and a half. Scream and Cinema, two and a half. That's pretty much it. Pretty much all within the same range. Yeah. Two and a half, three and a half. Not terrible. This was definitely like a movie theater experience too. Like this oh, yeah, is, this is a perfect horror movie for a theater. There's good jump scares. There's yeah. that good setting. You're in a dark room. So it's kind of like the ambiance of the room is really creepy too, to go along with the movie. I wonder how we would have rated it right out of this year watch (laughs) all right you ready for the scare section yes sir what did you give for a scare rating scare rating i give it a eight out of ten okay um does have some jump scares the practical effects are creepy the the lighting and the shadows really make it more scarier um, it doesn't seem like a like a CGI or like kind of like a shimmer of light, like it's actually mm-hmm. a fucking person, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And that one kill was pretty, pretty gruesome. Yeah. Uh so eight out of ten. Um scary scene. I'll forget <laughs> what the next one was. Uh man, honestly, it could go with any of the scenes with Diana in it. Um I'll probably go with the apartment scene. Because I think that like red light like really reminded me of uh, Dead Silence a lot, um, mm-hmm. and just added to that creepiness. Um, so yeah, go with that scene. All right. And would I survive? Uh, hell no, because like 
when I'm sleeping, like I can't have any lights. Like mm. I can't even have like a little like alarm clock light, like nothing. Really? Eh? Yeah. When I used mm. to sleep, it's my my PlayStation in my room, like even the little tiny light, I'd have to put like a sweat or something over top of the light to cover it. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, how about you? I'm the opposite with the sleep thing. I could fall asleep in this chair right now. With oh, all my lights on. I know you fall asleep <laughs> playing NHL fucking 13. That was back in the day. All right. Uh for my scare rating, I gave it a seven out of ten. Okay. Um, it is a very creepy movie. It's very well made in regards to that. Uh just I don't know, man. Like shadows are scary. They mm-hmm. they always are. You always like if it's that whole thing, like you're laying in your room and your lights are off and you have like a pile of clothes in the corner of the room and you think it's like yeah. someone's sitting there. Yeah. Like your eyes play these weird tricks on you. So I really like how they utilize the shadows in this movie mm-hmm. and, and turn something that's so common into something so terrifying. Yeah. Um, scary scene for me i was gonna say that same apartment scene where she's like hunched over and shit but uh i will go with the basement scene where we see her face oh yeah that was a super effective jump scare because that was the first time we saw her face it was the only time we saw her face yeah um and it was like out of nowhere it scared the Mm. shit out of me and would i survive i'm gonna say no as well because like when I'm doing shit, like if I'm watching TV and stuff like that, like my lights are all out, mm-hmm. uh, playing video games, my lights are always out. Like curtains mm-hmm. are shut. Like I like it dark. So yeah, yeah. she be getting me too. Damn. <laughs> we both did. All right. Well, like I said, at the start, this episode is going to be dropping on October 2nd. Um, but we do still have room for two more horror movies for the month. Um, we have decided that our October theme, because we always do a theme for October, is going to be Raven Banner movies. Yeah, because and for anyone that doesn't know Raven Banner is, they are a distribution company here in Canada, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that yeah distributes movies, movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh anywhere from horror movies to some action mm-hmm. to some documentaries even yeah uh, but they're kind of more indie obscure uh low budget mm-hmm. movies um yeah. but a lot of them uh, are really uh fantastic yeah like for example they did Psycho Goreman. Yeah. Um, the Sadness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baskin, which was yeah. fucked up. Uh, they did The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, yeah. Um, Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid, Victor Crowley. Yeah. So, and we are big fans of theirs. Yeah. Uh, every new movie that they <clears throat> come out with, we either a buy it or b watch it wherever we can Mm -hmm. um a lot of them are super fucked up but they're like really fun movies Mm -hmm. uh a lot of them are super gory so it's always a good time and i think for us like why we obviously love it because like 
Canada doesn't have the best uh, physical media mm. uh, releases. Releases, so like, yeah. like they release all these different like art styles. Like, I, I have like two copies of Psycho Gorman. Don't you have it's, three? It might be three, actually. Because <laughs> yeah. you bought the one that came with the figure, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and their movies are always on sale, and they're super treat, cheap as well. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I have a bunch. Uh, they keep growing. Um, and uh, a movie that is in Kickstarter right now, which I want to give mm-hmm. a shout-out to, um, is Deathgasm 2. Mm-hmm. So I think they need, like, 200 or five hundred something thousand dollars to get this going. Um, when I checked on the first day, they had already raised like close to fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just even if you don't like Ribbon Banner or like Death Gals in the first one, or haven't seen it, just mm-hmm. go support it because uh, the smaller movies need the the support as well. That's right. Um. So with all that being said, we already have our second movie picked out. Uh, which we'll announce on our next episode. But for our first episode, you and I have both compiled a list of four or five. Yeah. I don't remember of their movies. Um, We're going to trim that down to one each uh, and then we'll do a poll. Mm -hmm. Um, Given the fact that Raven Banner is not super popular everywhere, We'll release a couple of trailers for the movies that we've picked, and we're going to let you guys decide on which one we're going to do. Yep. But that second episode of the month is going to be crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very yeah. excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But anyways, that wraps it up. Thanks for listening. If you want to catch us on social media, you can find us at a podcast on Elm Street on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find links to our T Public account where we have our merch as well as our Patreon account if you want to support the podcast that way. And links to our individual letterboxed accounts, our Discord server, and anywhere that you can listen to us. My brain is fried right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So whatever he said, uh, we will catch you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah. Sleep with the lights on tonight.